Hello, I'm Regina Botras and this is Backstage, where we talk with the who's who on stage, in dance, comedy and performing arts, speaking with the leading theatre makers of our times and how they came to the stage and what drives them and inspires them. Well, my guest is Jess Fuchs. She has travelled the world as an improviser, stand-up comedian, and graced the stages, clubs, theatres, and dirtiest pubs around the globe, including Gotham City Comedy Club in New York, Second City Toronto, the Comedy Store Sydney, just to name a few. And she's bringing her show this weekend to the Factory Theatre, Chill Girl Era. Welcome, Jessica. Hello, how are you doing? <laughs> Hello, hello. So this show, I mean, what from what I can tell, well, you tell me, maybe give give me the rundown. Sure. Um, <laughs> Chill Girl Era is honestly, it's like all about how I at one point was like, I just really want to be a more relaxed person who seems like everything just goes right for these really like hot, chill girls. Everything goes right for them. They're very effortless. And I was like, whatever I'm just gonna pretend and like fake it till I make it and just see what happens and then a slew of like insane things happen like I went to the cliffs of Moyne Island and I slipped and I broke my coccyx and it's just so unchill <laughs> yes yeah, so unchill like the least chill you can imagine so it's a bunch of like travel stories and stories about living in Australia and just things that have happened on this like forced journey to be more relaxed ultimately realizing <laughs> that was just never in the cards do we come away with some like hot tips then or not <laughs> honestly as lame as it sounds it's like I spent so much more time focusing on the person that I thought I should be and want to be and I forgot to be like who you are is pretty cool and pretty badass and so it ends with a story where like all my personality traits can't help but just like force themselves out and I end up winning so it's it's Kind of a cool ending, which I didn't realise when I first started writing the show. I mean, it is chill to be clumsy, isn't it? I guess that's true. That's true. Just to be truly clumsy. Yeah. <laughs> Throw my body around. Um, so do you work, it says, like what I was reading, you work a bit with the audience kind of, you know, interaction. How do you do that? Oh, I love, to me, I'm like comedy is live theatre. It should not feel like as an audience you're sitting there watching someone press play on a tape if someone breaks a glass or someone sneezes or someone's drunk I you have to talk about it everyone can feel the energy in the room when something weird or, or unusual is happening so I often will integrate it and and at the start of a show if I learn something about someone doing a little callback mentioning it again getting to know them it just makes the audience feel more like oh wow this is happening in front of me and it almost means if you came to the show three times it'll be 15% different every night because you'll have a different energy based on who's paid for their ticket and shown up. Mm. Do you have nights where it just doesn't like lift off? Like, what do you do? There's definitely nights where some audiences are a little more coy or timid. So, you know, you, you talk to them and I find that's where sharing your own experiences warms people up to be like, Oh, she's a person. She's a person just like me. And sometimes <laughs> I'll literally remind an audience, I'm I'm a human. I'm up, I'm up here. I'm a person like you. And sometimes people are almost like so used to being on their phones and Netflix that I think they forget there's this like barrier. 
And as soon as you remind them, they're like, oh, my God, she's just trying her goddamn hardest. Yeah. So usually I can crack a crowd. But if there's ever, you know, a crowd who's a little more shy, you just tell them the stories. And and when they're solid jokes and they're solid stories and engaging, they'll laugh. They just might not be as uh, willing to to chit chat and banter with you. Yeah. Not quite as vocal about their experience. Um, So did you start in like, in comedy did you start in acting or improv like where did your you know kind of first taste of I did one open mic in Sydney while I was at uni but I was very shy on stage when I was young I was dyslexic so the idea of being handed a script and having to read simultaneously to acting just broke my brain and I was too (laughs) self-conscious so then I after university moved to New York City because I wanted to do comedy and improv um and I started doing improv and that was perfect because you don't have to know what you're going to say. You just yeah. have to trust you can work with people. And that's why now I love doing audience interaction because I trust you're a human. I'm a human. At some point you will say something odd that is inevitable. So if I just ask you enough questions, we'll build something together. Mm. And that foundation was fully from improv training. So I did a lot of improv for the first two ish years of living in the U S I traveled a lot. That's where I went to second city in Toronto and um, was performing between five and seven improv shows a week. It was just like real hectic stuff. And then I switched more into stand-up. I always wanted to do stand-up, but it was just having that confidence of like, trust you're funny, trust you can write good jokes and trust an audience will understand you. At some point you can make them get it. Yeah, yeah. So is improv, do you mean like sketch comedy where you, what is improv compared to stand-up yeah well, improv is like you'll go on stage I've seen people do it on their own at at least at the when I was doing improv sometimes it would be me and one other person but usually it was me and maybe three or four others mm-hmm. and you say to an audience can we have any word that's on your mind some people will ask with like give me a sentence give me a lyric give me a location but we would simply just say what's a word and someone will scream something out And then for 30 to 50 minutes, depending on what show we were performing at, we'd just make everything up. So you just get really comfortable with trusting silence and that we're building toward a laugh that will come. I think a lot of comedians need instant, instant, instant gratification. But often if you take the time to build with an audience and they get your trust, you get a much bigger laughter by the end. Yeah, yeah. So do you still do that now? Here? I don't improvise. I don't improvise as much here in Sydney. I, I kind of get the my appetite, like, you know, I get the my my whistle wet from doing enough improv where I, I um, do a lot of MC work around Sydney. So I'll host the show often and bring all the other comedians on stage. And there I do a lot of crowd work. So it's just chit-chatting and you get that, like, fun, exhilarating feeling of, like, just being like, how's your day? And then finding out they do the weirdest job you've ever heard. <laughs> What is one of those weird jobs? Is there anything that comes to mind? Yeah, this one guy, this is a while ago, he, I said, what do you do? And he said, I work in death care. And I was like, what what on earth are you talking about? So he worked making essentially the tombstones, but like did the engraving and all of this. And it was just the biggest disconnect of me going, what is death care? And him going, death care. And I'm like, no one knows what you're saying. I know it's normal to you, but no one knows. And so we just had this whole back and forth of him explaining the tombstones and, and the coordinating of everything. But it was it was just, you don't hear that every day. No, you certainly don't. And I was thinking, as you said, death 
yeah, well, I was like, how is she going to make this funny? And is there is there anything that someone says and you go, oh, gosh, I can't make that funny? That is not funny. Or oh, I don't know, you know. It happens. It happens. And sometimes people are so willing to share stuff that you're like, oh, that was vulnerable. But again, if you just like play with the person and you chat with them and you uncover stuff, you will arrive at something because people just, whether it's even, you know, little things, you ask a couple something and one of them pauses for too long. And it's something that to most people is just, you wouldn't even pick up on it. But when you do it for so long, you go, oh, that pause was pregnant and it gets a laugh because it was. In retrospect, it was a little strange. But it's that, it's, I guess, the more you practice um, recognizing strange human patterns, the easier it becomes. And so it seems more impressive to people. But it's just noticing like people's body language and the way that they speak and the cadence and stuff. And that's all improv is. It's anticipatory. Wow. There you go. Insights into improv. So this show, did you did you kind of go, I'm going to write a show and this is where I'm going to go to do it? Or did you have all these experiences and go, actually, there's a show in that? Like which, which, It was a mixture. So last year I travelled and did um, some shows in the US and the UK. I went to Edinburgh for the festival just to um, get a sense of, you know, what does it look like to take a show there? Um, and I was supporting a few comedians from international different places. So I was opening for them and doing a few shows. And while travelling, I just had a couple of different experiences. And I was really at the time embracing this idea of, you know what, Jess, everything works out. It was like I was trying this phrase of just being more like manifesting, being chill and relaxed. And a few things happened there that when I got back, I did a trial show where I just had 30, 40 people and I just told them a bunch of travel stories. Nothing. I wasn't thinking forward. And at the end, consistently, the feedback I got from people was, the idea of you forcing yourself to be chill is insanely relatable. <laughs> it's this idea of just like we try to shove ourselves into being something that is so not who we are. And then I started thinking about the idea and reflecting on some other stuff. And it kind of formed really nicely to the point where it's been hard to cut stories because of time that fully fit the theme and are really fun to tell. But it's just, you know, not enough time. Chill Girl returns after the first era. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Jess Fuchs, thank you so much for joining. It sounds like a load of fun. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much. I, I'm really excited to do the show. Is this the first showing? First right. time, first time. So I'm, I'm excited. I, it may change from the first to the third night purely because <laughs> I'll see how people react, but I'm really excited for, yeah. for people to hopefully hear these insane stories. And is it touring? Are you taking it off from there? We'll yeah. see. I'm going to Melbourne on June 28th. I'll take it there and I'll do it for one night. I'm hoping to get up to Brisbane in August and just depending, maybe next year it'll go to Edinburgh. We'll Edinburgh! Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Jess, thanks so much. I'll leave you go. Thank you. See you later. Thanks so Bye. much. Bye. And that was Jess Fuchs from Chill Girl Era playing this Saturday and Sunday at the Factory Theatre.